This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's Westwards Mini Masterclass uh, with Margaret Hamilton talking about picture books. Just a little uh, apology to begin with. Uh, we had a couple of issues with some of the signal on this particular recording, which we didn't notice till the very end. So there's a couple of little pops and scratches on the way through. Maybe just imagine that it's an LP and then it'll all feel nice and retro and vintage. But uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. This is Margaret Hamilton from Pinarolo and uh, a veteran publisher of the children's picture book world in Australia and she's talking about writing picture books. Today I'm in the beautiful cottage of Pinarolo which is up in Blackheath and anyone who has had anything to do with the children's picture book industry in Australia will know that Pinarolo is well it's it's everything. It's a cottage. It's a retreat. It's a. It's almost a. It's a gallery. It's got all these beautiful picture books on the shelves and pictures on the walls. It's the only centre for children's books in New South Wales, and I realised recently that it's our tenth birthday this year. Oh, there you go. I've been open for ten years. Ten years. I remember when yeah. it opened, and that that doesn't feel ten years ago. Yeah. It's crazy. So. Anyway, so um. And so Margaret Hamilton is the voice you just heard. Margaret is, a, um, is very prominent in the Australian children's industry. She's been the president of the Children's Book Council. In you and um, Dean Blacklock, not single-handed, double-handedly organised the last uh, conference in Canberra, which was yeah. a big success. And you probably slept for about a week after that, did you? We went to New Zealand. You went to New Zealand <laughs> slept for a week in New Zealand. So Margaret has been uh, in the, around the industry for a long time. She ran Margaret Hamilton Books as an imprint of Scholastic for 10 years. And we, weren't, we, were in, we were independent for 10 years. Right. And then we were a division of Scholastic for the last five years. Okay. Right. Now, Margaret probably doesn't want me to say all this, but I'm going to. She's won the Dromkeen Medal and the Nan Chauncey uh, medal. She's uh, she has an Order of Australia. Uh, she's written reference books. She's written a picture book, or is it more now? Two. Two picture books now. Uh, one was illustrated by Anna Pinataro. Both of them. They both are. Sorry, I might have to do that bit again. That's alright. <laughs> um, and uh, Margaret today is very generously going to talk to us about picture books. Um, so if you are a person who is thinking that picture books are something you would like to branch into or start doing or uh, or just interested at a, at a very basic level, Margaret's going to give us the good oil on picture books. So Margaret, let's start with this question. What makes a good picture book? Oh, a fabulous text, right. a story, a beginning, a middle and an end. I think um, children who read picture books... Um, require a satisfying ending, something that will inspire beautiful illustrations. Um, so you say inspire, not dictate, is it? No, yeah, that's so what I mean. guess we'll come back to that. That's a mm-hmm. pretty commonly made point, but we'll mm-hmm. come back to that. Carry yeah. on. So sorry. Most publishers these days don't want picture books to be too text-heavy, which means they like a short story. <coughs> um, 
And one of the first things they will probably do with a manuscript that's submitted to them is shorten it (laughs) or tighten it up. Um, And the editing process goes all the way through the life of the development of the book. Uh, Because as the illustrations develop, you might decide that some of the text is not necessary because the illustrations tell that bit of the story. Uh, well, our, our dear friend Libby, Glee, our mutual friend Libby Gleeson, who's also the um, the chair of Westwards, I mm. think her book with Armand Grader, The Great Bear, mm. the last, I think the last four or five pages are yes. completely wordless, aren't they? That's right. Yes, Armand took over a bit and said, "This is illustrators love to uh, say those words aren't necessary." So did that <laughs> did that book originally have a? Uh, I think so. Some text that yeah. was completely removed. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I'm sure Libby um, will let us know if that's not the case. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but none of these are hard and fast rules, are they? I mean, you no. say great, because, but of course you you have these exceptional books like The Arrival by Sean Tan that doesn't have any words at all yes. in it. But I guess, yeah. that, but it's a fairly fairly safe rule that mostly you're going to have to have a strong text. Yeah. Mm, yes, um, and uh, when we were publishers, we used to receive about a couple of thousand manuscripts a year. And we used to read every one. And, you know, of course, they all came by snail mail Mm -hmm. then. And we'd open the envelope and read the manuscript submitted. And sometimes it just jumped out and, you know, was was beautiful from the beginning. And that's when you know you've got, you know, a good one. Um, Some of them are kind of almost there and you can work with the author a bit on them. But, um, I mean, what what we're covering is what my picture book courses here at Pinarolo cover. You could do uh, a whole day. Which I I should do one because I've I've thought about doing one. I've never got a picture book up. Maybe I need to come and do the course. Well, you should come because the the picture book course for the whole day, um, we cover every step in the development of a picture book from, from the manuscript to the finished book and how it's all put together and... Um, after it is accepted by a publisher, it becomes a team effort. And um, it, I mean, Australian publishers lead the world with picture books mm. um, and have done for quite a while. And um, just the, the quality of the illustrations, uh, you know, is superlative. And you've only got to look around the walls here and see some of the beautiful masterpieces. Yeah. On the walls, I'm um, looking at a couple the, of know, beautiful the, John Winches over yeah. here with the the, be- the beautiful um, Australian kind of rusty red. And yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The um, oh, you know, their talent is endless, and so many of them can turn their hand to different styles to suit the manuscript that they're illustrating too. Uh, which is, I mean, Dee Huxley is one of the ones who I, you know, most admire for that because she can change her style and, and her medium to suit the story that she's illustrating. I know that Bruce but, Watley did that as well. Yes. A lot with, you know, when he... Uh, I remember hearing Bruce at a, at a festival talking about getting kind of bored with doing all these trade books for the mm-hmm. American market mm-hmm. where he was watching TV and illustrating, just getting, mm-hmm. just getting through the work. And then he started doing it with his left hand and mm. that a whole mm. Mm. other side of his creative mind was unlocked yeah. and then I think the first one he did was the, was it Flood the one with Jackie French yes. it was the first yes. one he did that was left handed mm. wasn't it and, mm. yeah, when, when you're writing when you're editing 
text, let's say you're, in, you're, you're publishing middle grade or young adult or whatever, the process is probably fairly similar book to book. But it's not like that with picture books, is it? Because you might, you might get a, a, a text and go, this person who uses this particular style would work for this book. Or you might go, this person is very, as you say, versatile. Maybe they would be able to say something. So, mm. so is that what made for you as a publisher that make that appealing for you, the fact that there was a different process for every book? Oh, yes. Each book is, is um, an adventure in its own right. <laughs> um, and... A lot of people seem to think that if you um, want to do a picture book and you've written a story, you have to do the illustrations, but yeah. that is not the case. Um, That's almost always a mistake, isn't it? Always a mistake. Um, you know, unless you're Bob Graham or Bruce Whatley or... Stephen Michael King. Stephen Michael yeah. King or, you know, Graham Bass. Um, but, you know, what the publishers are looking for is a story that leaps out at them that is original that's got believable characters that the readers can relate to and those characters can be animals or people or you know imaginary creatures um, but it, it has to be something that the reader will relate to <coughs> well and, a good example sorry to interrupt a good example where the wild things are which, yes which was all in a boy's imagination. Yeah, so that's he right. kind of got a free pass on yeah. having the monsters there, yeah. didn't he? Well, that was Morris Sendak who illustrated his own book. Right. But what publishers will do after they see a book... I used to say that when I opened a manuscript and um, read it, if it, it would make pictures in my head, you know, for the illustrations of the book. And those pictures would be the illustrations of an illustrator that I knew. Who could? That's what that's what happened with um, the hippopotamus on our roof eating cake. Hazel Edwards. I opened the envelope and read it and absolutely loved it immediately. I, this is when I was at Hodder's, went round and read it to everybody, and they they said, "Oh, there she goes again," you know. But I could see Deborah Nyland's illustrations in my head, with the hippopotamus oh. filling the page, being almost too big for the page. And I sent that to Deborah and asked her, would she be interested in doing the illustrations? And she was very ho-hum. She said, oh, I don't know. I bet she's glad now that she did. But I lent, <laughs> I lent on her a bit <laughs> because I had this vision for the illustrations. I lent on her a bit. Yes, and I saw her a couple of years ago. And, of course, that book is still in print now. Mm. just had its 40th anniversary. Wow, really? And, and has about three or four sequels um, she said to me thank you for making me do that book <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> so I mean when you when you get a, a manuscript come across your desk obviously sometimes you're going to go the writer needs to have some input into what these pictures are or is that never the case you always hand it over to the illustrator and say what will you do with this or is, there, mm, is well, there a collaborative process between the two? Yeah, it becomes a collaborative, as I said, a team effort after that because um, the publisher will approach an illustrator and ask the illustrator, well, what, this is what I did, is ask the illustrator for um, character sketches, sketches of the main, pe main characters in the book so that um, then that is shown to the author. The author likes it, everybody likes it, contracts are signed with the author and the illustrator and then the illustrator has to start the real work 
um, on doing the illustrations. And the, 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 you know, I mean, that's how we did it anyway. The author was involved all the way along the line, saw all the roughs, saw the storyboard. There's a storyboard that comes for a picture book um, and the finished art and the proofs of the book when they came back from the printer as well. So and everybody gets to, to see these things and have a bit of input on, in it. Mm. I know that friends of mine who are publishers talk about often what you're doing as a, as a, as a publisher is curating or moderating the peculiar anxieties and egotistical tendencies of writers, you know. <laughs> And I, I can give you my own example of this. When my first book came out, it was edited by Gary Crewe, and he made all these suggestions, which I, you know, I was 20, whatever I was, 24, and I, I'd, I'd suddenly been handed this opportunity to do what I'd always wanted to do. And so all of those changes, I went, yep, 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 yep. And then for the second book, he came to me and he said, can you do me a favour? When I make suggestions, can you push back a little bit on these? <laughs> because I don't make them because I think they have to be changed. I make them because... I want you to think about those things. Mm. So that's one aspect in a prose book. But when you're, when you're handling an illustrator and an author, let's say you have a writer sends you something and they're brand new, is there a certain curation of their process where you have to say, look, you can push back on this or I want you to have a bit more... Say, for example, somebody who's never published a book before writes a book and it gets picked up by Freya Blackwood as the illustrator. Mm. If that was me, I'd be incredibly intimidated by the fact that Freya was my illustrator. What's your role as the publisher in making that relationship work? Oh, just being a mediator between them and making sure that the process um, leads to um, a satisfactory book, you know. Um, if you've got, well, like Leslie Gibbs mm-hmm. that I mentioned before, she, she came to one of our courses here and her first picture book was called Scary Night and I advised her a bit on the process and you know where to send it and she sent it to a publisher and it was accepted and she came back to me and she said guess who they've got as the illustrator of my book and it was Stephen Michael King and that was like he'll do he'll do for a placeholder till we get someone better yeah yeah (laughs) but um Stephen doesn't need a lot of direction you know he's (laughs) He's, yeah, yeah yeah Um, and neither does Freya Blackwood, of course, but that, for a first, um, a a new author, was absolute heaven. And that's something that publishers sometimes do with a new author. They'll team them in a picture book with a known illustrator. So they can take some of that, do some of the heavy lifting with the... Yeah, with the the sales, because there's a... A name on the front cover. And with a collaboration, I imagine, as well. Yeah. yeah. And the same with a new illustrator. They might team them with a known author so that you've got, um, you know, something on the cover of that book that people know and they go, oh, a new picture book by Stephen Michael King. Let's have a look. A new picture book by Margaret Wilde, illustrated by a new illustrator, you know. So mm-hmm. um, it's a little trick that sells books, really. So while we're talking about anxieties... <laughs> Were we? <laughs> well, we? We touched on it. I'm just putting myself in the, in the place of somebody who hasn't done this before. And the example other, I, I quoted when I talked to Amelia McInerney about picture books was 
um, I can never remember if it's Cat In, Dog Out or Dog In, Cat Out, but you know the book I mean. Yeah, yeah. By Gillian Rubinstein. Yep. I, I forgot, I've blanked on who did the illustrations. Anne James. Anne James, mm. right. I often look at that and I think, this is a book that literally has four words and yes. it's just rearranged mm. several times over. Mm. Where do you find the front to send something like that to a publisher? Like, what would be the process? If I wrote that and I sent that to you as a publisher, what would I have to say to make you take that seriously? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a, it's a stunning book. It's an amazing book. Yeah, I love it. I don't know how that book came about because um, if Gillian Rubenstein had sent that manuscript just cold to the publisher that said dog in, cat out. Cat in, dog out, dog cat out, in, cat out, yeah. dog in, cat in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you'd go, what the hell's this? You know? Well, that, I guess that's my question is what would you have made so of that? So maybe she, uh, she knew the publisher well and she said, look, you know, this is this is what I'd like to do with this book and and so illustrate the dog and the cat in all these different situations. Because it's really a book about families, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, you can do that if you're an author with a with a, a manuscript that like that that needs an explanation. So if you had something that on first appearance looked quite lightweight, yeah. and I don't mean that disparagingly because I've made my views on that book <laughs> and how good I think it is known, is it then incumbent on you as the writer to go, look, this looks like it's a book that's just cats and dogs in and out, mm, mm. but it's really meant to be a book that's about families and I want the mm. Maybe she that... should have done She could have done that. Right. Or she could have sat down with the publisher and they and, and said, okay, and the publisher said, okay, let's work this out because it's going to be a 32-page picture book and we need different situations all the way through. To make the illustrations, illustrations varied, mm. um, and they might have worked it out together. I don't know, but that, next that's time I talk to Anne James, I might have to ask her how it yeah, came about. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that often happens. Yeah. You know, it, it's a kind of. It's sometimes um, the author and the illustrator don't even meet because they live in vastly, you know, different areas of Australia. But it's up to the publisher to be the mediator between them and keep them both involved in in the process. I guess the message from all this is that there's no right way to do it. There's, it really no. becomes... I think about Colin Thompson, who's an incredibly good illustrator in his own right, mm. but I know that he's written books where he's handed it over to, I think, Sarah Davis and said, you're illustrating this, and she told me, and I hope I'm not misquoting it, but basically he said, I don't want to be involved in the illustration, yes. so that yes. is yours. Mm. I mean, there aren't a lot of those people who can completely separate themselves from their two roles. No, there's there. some authors can be quite prescriptive about what they want the illustrations to do and I think that is um, mostly wrong right. because they need to give the um, illustrator free reign to express themselves and to interpret that book in best possible way they can and um, as I said Australian illustrators are so good at that I mean, I remember when, when we published a book, when we got a manuscript from Janine Bryan called um, Where Does Thursday Go? Mm. And, and it's a book about two little characters called Splodge and Humbug. Um, and I, I, there was nowhere a description of these characters. So I said to Janine, I think I'll ask Stephen Michael King uh, if he'd be interested in this manuscript, in illustrating this book. And I sent him the story, and he said to me, I've been waiting for 
of this story all my life. Wow. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, draw me a picture of Splodge and Humbug. And he did. Just pencil sketches and sent them back to me. And I sent them to Janine. And she said, I would never have imagined them looking like that. But they're absolutely perfect. I'll go with it. Yeah, so Stephen was then the illustrator of that book. And it was one of our most successful picture books. Maybe that's why I've never had a picture book published, because I I probably struggle to let go of that (laughs) control, because I like to have my finger in every every part of the pie, I guess. One of the worst things an author can do when they submit a manuscript is to put um, instructions for the illustrator, you know, on... Uh, and and also number the pages as as they go through the manuscript because um, the the pagination of a picture book is worked out by um, the illustrator and the publisher and designer Mm -hmm. um, as to, you know, how the book is going to flow through the 32 pages. Because some, some... Some pages might need a full a full plate spread, yeah. and others might need a couple of small. That's right, yeah. and you know, I mean, a sentence might be cut in half so that you get that page turning tension. Yeah. Um, to get the other half of the sentence on the next double page spread, um, so that's one thing. I do, do not put page numbers on the manuscript. Is there ever a place for putting in, like, if there's something that is really isn't clear in the text? Let's say you're writing a piece of text, and you go, "This is when he discovers that." his gumboots have gone missing, for example. <laughs> is there a place for putting in there, this is where he discovers the gumboots not, have gone missing? Not initially. No? Because the story has to stand on its own, you know, as a story in its own right. Um, it's afterwards that when you have a, a meeting with a publisher or correspondence that you can um, explain these things. Right. But, you know, the manuscript has to flow from beginning to end. Um, I mean, the publisher... They're, they're so used to looking at stories and manuscripts and things, they probably get the idea anyway, hmm. whatever it is. Must be an amazing skill to be able to just look at so few words and go... Well, yeah, and, um, you know, a publisher can get an idea. We, we look at so few words and get an idea. Like I said, pictures in your head as, you, as you're reading it, and it's, it's, a, it's not something you learn. Hmm. It's something that become second nature after publishing so many picture books and working on them. I suppose it's, it's harder for you as the publisher with new writers. For, so, for example, if, if Sean Tan approached you and said, look, I've got, a, I've got a picture book, there's actually no words in it, but it's about this and this is how I'm going to do it, you'd probably go, look, let's, let's see a few roughs. I reckon we've probably got to go ahead. But if I attempted that, I'm sure that we'd have some issues, wouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I don't think anybody would knock Sean Tan back <laughs> doing anything. No, you'd be, you'd be foolish to do that. Yes, yes. I guess we touched on this a little bit earlier when we said, when you said if you do both, don't do both. Um, let's say you are a really good illustrator and a writer. Well, let's say you're a really good illustrator or you think you are and you've done... And, and, and one thing that I know that people like Toby Riddle have talked about in the past is that we need, as, as judges of awards and so forth, we need to understand that most of the people who are illustrating these picture books are artists. So they're mm. people who have trained in their art. Mm. They're not mm. just scribbling. Someone like Lee Hobbs, who does Mr Chicken, is actually an incredibly accomplished fine artist. Yes. Um, but let's say you are one of those fine artists. 
how do you go about getting your and you wanted to pick was how do you go about getting yourself in a place where someone like yourself might offer you a manuscript to illustrate? You mean how do you get yourself known? To how do you, yeah, how do you get yourself known to the public? Well, um, illustrators uh, can always send samples of their work to publishers and get a and, and a portfolio. Right. That's what the, I, I do here when I have illustrators in residence. Um, right. Is a lot of them I've helped um, develop a portfolio, and the portfolio has to show a range of styles that they can do. Um, and the main illustrations in children's books are children and animals, so they have to demonstrate that they can draw children and animals in all sorts of poses and action, and you know. So um, to make the the portfolio as varied as possible, colour work and black and white line work as well. So um, publishers are, I mean, I've, I've had publishers contact me and say, do you know any new illustrators? Yeah, right. It's extraordinary that, um, but they, there's a, a website called the Style File that illustrators can put their portfolios on right. and, um, Publishers can go to that and look at their work, or um, if illustrators um, want to get themselves known in in the marketplace, um, join Squibby, the children's book writers. What, what is it? So, Society of Children's children Writers and in illustrators. Yes, your book illustrators. Because they're very good. They're very supportive of new people, and you know, known several people who've joined and and have got out there with a book published and. Yes. So, so it's really just about creating that network and yeah, getting those contacts right. and getting support because yes. like any other form of art, it's a, it's a fairly glacial process, mm. isn't it? Getting on, on social media, you know, getting your, your stuff on social media is, is always a good way of doing it too. That's all very useful information. Tell us a little bit more very quickly about your the weekend or the uh, picture book workshops you run here. Yes, well, they're a whole day event. We right. start at 10 and finish at 4. And I'm usually, and, uh, you know, I said it was a bit of a pity that I had to cancel a couple mm. this year. Um, but I'm thinking about getting another one together again, seeing as the restrictions are being relaxed a bit. Uh, but, you know, we, we start at 10 and cover the entire process of publishing a picture book. And I speak from the uh, publisher's point of view and I've got lots of examples of the steps that a picture book goes through to the finished book. And I'm always joined by an award-winning author or an illustrator picture book. Libby Gleeson has done quite a few for me, Toby Riddle, Freya Blackwood, um, and they've been absolutely fantastic. And they have been um, inspiring the people who've gone away. And the, the last session of the day is called Show and Tell, where anybody who's written a manuscript reads it to us or anybody that's done any illustrations shows it to us and we give them honest but constructive feedback. Right. And I have to say I have seen some fabulous work there and, and also some not-so-fabulous work. But <laughs> one, of the, one of the comments that is frequently given when I react to one of these readings is, it's a bit long. You know, the first thing I would do with that is cut it in half because for a picture book it has to be succinct. 
Is it often something as simple as starting the story a bit later? You've spent too much time getting into it. They have it. Yes, we move yes. the start back here, and that yeah. gives you more space in the middle. Yeah, to... jump right into the story and, and grab the the reader. But anybody that's interested mm. in one of my picture book courses should have a look at the website. Pinarolo.com.au Pinarolo.com.au Because as soon as I start getting one together, I'll be putting it up on the website. And I think, are there images of the cottage on that website? The inside of the cottage? Um, The reason I say that is because if you think you're going to be coming and sitting in a classroom setting, no, you're going to be sitting in front of a fire, provided it's cold enough, right? Mm. And the other thing I would very quickly mention is that Westwards and Pinarolo have a residency here yes. as well, don't we? Illustrators in residence. Illustrators in residence. Yes, um, and the uh, application forms have been released now. Yep. Yes. On so you can go to the Westwards website Westwards to find website those. At, or the Pinarolo website. Mm-hmm. And um, the what residence... Is, what does that entail? Well, that entails the illustrator living here for a week. Mm-hmm. And I come over to the cottage and spend time with them in a mentorship capacity um, the, and depending on what they're working on some of them might be actually working on a book you know which is terrific and I and last year we had Christina Hune yes yes and she had done her first book with the National Library so that was fantastic and then we had Max Hamilton you know no relation so you just for those listening Margaret Hamilton is married to a, a man called Max, but we're talking about a different Max Hamilton completely. This is Maxine Hamilton. Maxine. I, I did try and get her to change her name to Maxine, but she didn't do that. Um, she had already a contract for a book, a picture book, uh, and it was about a possum um, making a lot of noise during the night, which is, um, you know, it, it was quite fun. And uh, so I, I was able to. Um, be with her and and help her through the initial process of that book, drawing all the roughs and really practicing drawing possums in all sorts of different you know poses and actions. So, and that book has been published and right. it's, it's doing um, pretty well. Yeah, I remember sitting on a plane to to Cairns or somewhere for a festival. I was sitting next to um, Sarah Davis, mm-hmm. and. We talked the whole way, a three-hour flight, we talked the whole way, but she didn't stop drawing the whole way either. Oh, She yes. has a book open, and she's a lovely conversationalist, but just drawing the whole time. Wow. I said, well, what are you doing? She yeah. goes, oh, I've got to work out a character for this book, so what do you think of that one? I'm going, oh, his nose is too big. Oh, okay, well, and it was just sort of <laughs> workshopping this. Yeah, she, she wasn't drawing you. She wasn't. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Oh, God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> She's, she's sort of the exception of the rule, though, isn't she? Because she wasn't one of these arts college graduates. She was yeah. she's pretty much self-taught, but yes, extraordinarily yes, yes. Mm. Margaret Hamilton, thank you so much for talking to us today. And um, if you have any other questions about any of the things we've talked about, you can go to westwords.com.au or pinarolo.com.au. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks, yes. Margaret. Thank you.